I have, I have loved my life and I think who I am is because of the path that I've taken. Mm. So I think if I were to undo a part of it, it might not lead to the same end. From the IT company, it's made right here. The stories of East Tennessee founders, creators, and builders. From the idea behind it to the impact it had on the community, their employees, and their personal lives, we're taking you behind the scenes of the movements they built. Hey, welcome back to part two of my chat with my good friend, Ronnie Chandler, one of the original founding members of Project Grad here in Knoxville. Part one, we heard really a lot of just her incredible story growing up and being a single mom, getting married, just kind of all the cool stuff um, and really some of the tough stuff in her life. And in part two, we get to hear of the transition into her professional career, uh, but also still the weavings of great um, just nuggets of truth and inspiration and uh, just the things that she's learned and the way that she has helped build our community. So excited for you to hear this part. And here we go. I told you this divine assignment. I know that this is what I'm supposed yeah. to do. And so I came to grad as a program director. And then when uh, Jerry retired again in uh, 2014, the grad board named me as executive director at that time. I've been here the, the, from the beginning, key part of helping to frame the, mm. the, the program that is grad and um, I think an important part of the story too, um, the you you went to Austin East, grew up in that community, and uh, I want to remind people who don't know this, but Austin East is a gem of a school, and there are um, young men and women at at Austin East and Fulton specifically, just because I spent a lot of time at both those schools, who are uh, rock stars who just need the bridges and the connections. Um, and, uh, and, and you're an example, you know, of somebody who uh, has taken advantage of those things and been it'll leverage connections and relationships and hard work and all their stuff. But I just want to remind people in the community just for a moment that uh, sometimes we forget about those two schools. Um, we may think about them athletically periodically, um, but uh, they're just they're just a gem. Thank you for saying that. And that is absolutely true. You know, one of the things we continue to emphasize to our young people, you know, greatness does come out of the center city. You know, all of my brothers and sisters and I went to Austin East High School. Yeah. My daughter, Dr. Nicole Chandler, is a graduate of Austin East High School. And uh, so Austin East and Fulton, there are amazing kids that are brilliant. They're navigating a lot of things that are not of their making. But Absolutely. If they just need the opportunity to shine and they will rise to the occasion. You know, that, that, that really makes me think about, you know, one of the, the hardest parts of running grad is to uh, help the team stay hopeful and encourage mm. when they're frustrated. But because when we provide opportunities for young people and they don't take advantage of yeah. them, uh, and, and they we can't make them because I, we can't want it more for them than they want it for themselves. And so that's, uh, it's hard to see uh, sometimes when they don't take advantage of opportunities that are there, but then we try to get underneath, well, why is that? Why are they not taking advantage of that? And there's always a why underneath. Yeah. We have to have to uh, dig down yeah. a little deeper, but uh, you know, we're, we've, as you mentioned, these are young people with tremendous potential, but 
a lot of them are navigating concentrated community challenges that are outside of their control. And so it's, it's kind of kind of hard to move through that, but it's possible. Securing a sustainable funding base and partnerships for continuing to provide opportunities and support for a population of students with tremendous potential, but they're navigating a lot of stuff. And donor fatigue is very real. Um, and we serve zip codes with deep challenges that we can't make it better at home. And mm -hmm. so bringing uh, donors and funders and partners along that journey is, and, and maintaining that over time, uh, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing, but remembering the why and always holding that mm -hmm. up. And, you know, for us, you know, it's, it's kids. It's what about the children? That's the plumb line that, that guides what, what we do. And to help people who have opportunities see that the opportunities that they have, they can provide to young people and benefit both. Mm -hmm. And so it's helping to make those connections and, and, and help people see the connection. Like grad has a business case. And the business case for grad is that the diverse workforce that we say we want in the region, business is going to help, is going to have to help develop and create that workforce. And those kids are in, in my schools. And, you know, the leaders, I say this all the time, the leaders we need tomorrow are in our public schools today. And yeah. so we're going to have to provide the support for that. But it's, it's not easy, you know, and um, in 2018, when the renewal of the grad contract um, came up, you know, we were on a 12-year contract, then it went into a five-year extension, and then in 2018, it was time to enter a new contract, and that came at a time at a very difficult and contentious budget year, mm. um, and for the most part, it was good people having to make tough decisions, and it was proposed that grad be eliminated as a budget saving. And so people from across the community pushed back and they took a stand for kids. Yeah. They, more than a thousand people rode and called and stood up and showed up and spoke up at a school board meeting that lasted until almost one o'clock in the morning. Um, filled the city county assembly room to overflow with people outside beating on the windows. Mm. And as a result, funding for grad was reduced by half, but it was, but it was added back to the budget and a new five-year agreement was passed. And, and that was very hard and it was very public and it was very humbling and some parts of it were, were hurtful, but it was very worth it. Yeah. Because our, our kids in the center city public schools, they are brilliant and they must have equitable opportunities. And so we saw them, they fought for themselves and then they saw a whole community fight for them too. So yeah. that was probably a professional low and high at the same time. Mm. So then fast forward from April, 2018 to April, 2020. And as we look to the future as grad turns 20 this year in 2021. Wow. Um, and so a more sustain sustainable funding strategy was needed and philanthropy is changing. Long-time donors are reconsidering their giving as they age. And the next generation of donors, they don't give in the same way. Uh, and industry wants to see a direct value for their investment 
in nonprofits. And so uh, considering all of that, you know, and Knox Education Foundation was created in, in April, 2020 in the midst of a, of a pandemic as a new anchor nonprofit that combines several successful programs and creates a platform for doing even larger things for public education. And Project Grad, Community Schools, Teacherpreneur, and Leaders for Readers are all part of that Noxed platform. Um, but again, the launch of Noxed has been stalled by COVID as uh, so many other things yeah. have been. Uh, so that, that's been a challenge. A couple of things that have happened to provide more technology into the hands of kids has been the provision of Chromebooks for every kid in the district. So every kid has their own device. Now, every kid didn't have internet access at home. And so an Enox task force was created to look at how do we make sure that every kid has internet access of some kind at their house and really, really working toward making broadband access available mm -hmm. to everybody long-term. You know, it ought to be like a utilities. It ought to be like water and electricity. But, um, and so the Enox task force has worked to make sure that there is uh, connectivity in, in the homes of kids. Good. As far as the work, how it has changed what we do, we had to figure out how do we keep serving kids in a virtual setting? Mm -hmm. And so we actually have three populations of students as, as, as school came back, we have the kids in person in the building. Mm -hmm. We have kids who are in virtual school only. And then we have kids when they go into quarantine, they're not just in the regular virtual school with the rest of the kids who are tracking on at the same pace. They're, they're a third population of students. Mm. So our one staff has learned to work with all three of these populations of students and their parents. So we're doing things, you know, double time. We, whatever we do for kids in person in the building, we have to do online. Um, for kids virtually and sometimes simultaneously, sometimes recorded, sometimes a separate thing later, um, but making sure that kids have the same access, although the delivery model looks very different. So we're doing a lot of hybrid stuff. We've learned since the school started up, the team on the ground had to learn more than a dozen platforms and apps to be able to support kids through the way that the teachers and the schools were supporting. Canvas is a, a big one that they that they do. And so at both of particularly our high schools, grad has a channel on the Canvas uh, accounts mm -hmm. for the schools. And, um, and so just working with the schools to support the, the uh, delivery of what they, you know, trying to get information to kids and families, uh, keeping kids connected and engaged, checking on them. You know, we've got you got a subset of kids who we, they don't have a parent at home overseeing their work, making sure they get online and get their assignments yeah. and stuff. And so, so, so some of our, our kids, our staff are just literally doing a check-in with, so are you doing your homework? You know, just checking to make sure you're okay today. Um, yeah. Just wanted to let you know that, you know, somebody cares about you and cares about your success. The emotional toll on, on kids themselves by being virtual, and even those in person having to be socially distanced, this is so tough on kids. Yeah. And it's not just our K-12 kids, we're seeing it through our post-secondary kids, for many of whom, they're, they've been completely virtual since mid-March. They've never come back in person. Yeah. Even we've got kids who are on their campus, but their classes are virtual. 
they're living in dorm space, but their classes are virtual. Mm -hmm. um, and so our post-secondary success coaches literally are doing scheduled emotional wellness check-ins with them. They're doing some social hangouts. They're doing some, we just did a mental health 101 panel mm -hmm. on a Sunday afternoon. So it's okay not to be okay. Um, and just uh, really helping kids struggle through the emotional side of being distant um, mm -hmm. at a time in their personal development when being with, with, each, with each other is, is everything. Yeah. Being with your friends and as an adolescent is everything. It's just mm -hmm. everything. And then navigate, you know, the whole social media space, which even for adults, you know, people put their highlight reel on Facebook. When you're having a day that sucks, you don't post that. And so helping young people understand that everybody has those bad days. Something that maybe uh, folks don't realize about grad, you said it, the post-secondary. I mean, that it's not just about getting them out of high school and move on. It's, it's getting them all the way into career. About a third of our kids, they're still first generation. Uh, and so helping, and then even some are first generation high school graduates, not just even yeah. post-secondary. And then we have uh, kids who are, from families that are undocumented. And so that's a whole set of challenges yeah. for those young people because they cannot access federal financial aid. They mm. can't get Tennessee Promise. They can't wow. even get public assistance. Um, and we have a, a huge population of, of refugee families who are relocating to the country, mm. usually from war circumstances. And so uh, helping those young people all the way through some form of post-secondary um, they just need somebody to, to get through and to connect to resources on their own campus so that they have the, they're aware of the support that's available to them and, mm -hmm. and making sure they're connected to that. Looking back, knowing everything that you know, uh, would you do all this all over again? If I could know what I know, if I, I would go back and do it again. If, if, I, if I could know, I would be able to retain the knowledge I have on this side of it. Yeah. I would go back. I might do some things differently if I knew I could end it up at the same place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have loved my life. And I think who I am is because of the path that I've taken. Mm. So I think if I were to undo a part of it, it might not lead to the same end. And so there might be some things I've might do better. I would learn uh, a, a different language very young in life, uh, probably Spanish. I would just be anchor for my life is my faith. And that connects to every single other thing. Mm. It, it, it's, it's tenants or, you know, that's probably the most, I would say the most interesting thing about my life. It's yeah. that I, I've gone through all I've gone through and I still have joy. And yeah. it's because of a sustaining Christ-centered faith that anchors every part of my life. The guide for my relationships comes from that place. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that is the anchor. And I have, um, I have what I call my five alive strategies. Adequate rest and sleep, that's the first one because the body heals when we sleep. Yeah. And then daily devoted time. For me, that's in the morning. For other people, it might be other times of the day. Drinking water. Most of our body is comprised of water. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the, the benefit of water to mental acuity and how sharp we can be emotionally and mentally, water is, is huge. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then healthy eating choices. Now I don't ace that one all the time, but I, I do try to intentionally eat, you know, balanced food. And then movement of some of sometimes something that you like, you know, it might be running, it might be walking, it might be it might be jet skiing, whatever it is for you, uh, do that and commit to doing that. So those five things are what I call my five alive. What's next for you? I mean, you've been doing this for a while. You could have already retired if you stayed at Pellissippi State. I'm sure there's some, you know, plan. And if, if you can't share it, that's fine too. But if you do, you know what kind of what's next or what you're thinking about? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've been, I, I think about that a lot because, you know, people ask me, you know, my, a lot of my friends and contemporaries are already retired or are retiring. Um, and, you know, and I think about, you know, what would I retire to do? I'm doing work that I love and that makes a difference in the world mm. and I get paid to do it. Um, and I, I live in the, in the city with my only granddaughter. Uh, so, you know, people sometimes retire to go live and be with their grandchildren. Well, yeah. I've had the privilege of being in her life and she'll be graduating from high school this year. So, you know, and or, or people retire to travel and Tim and I decided not to wait to do that. You know, we've been to Hawaii. We've been, we've taken five cruises. We've been to Aruba, the Virgin Isles, West mm-hmm. Indies, Puerto Rico, Jamaica, the Bahamas, Mexico, Canada. We decided we weren't going to wait till we got old to uh, travel, we wanted to enjoy it while we had energy to enjoy yeah. it. Uh, so we started as soon as we didn't have kids at, at home. I, uh, I still, we're, we're a couple years out from the end of the initial grad contract uh, for present. And then, you know, the Knoxett Foundation, as it ramps up with an eye toward uh, equity and innovation, there are some exciting things coming there. So, yeah. you know, I, I still see myself in education for kids, particularly kids who are brilliant, who are navigating challenging circumstances. Mm-hmm. And because uh, the other things I'm still doing, I'm still seeing my grandchild, we're still traveling, I'm still writing. And so, uh, What's next is, uh, is some newness in where I am. It is such a privilege to be working for the village that helped raise me. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, and, and people uh, can move and should, should move wherever they, they feel drawn to, but somebody's gotta stay. Uh, to be able to have the privilege of, 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 of serving this village that helped raise me is an incredible honor. You know, in your life, um... You've, you've learned more from your successes or more from your failures so far? I would say neither. I have learned most from defining moments that I would not consider either success or failure. And so some of those for me are like finishing high school in the top 10% of my class as a teen mom and finishing college twice with as an adult student with a full-time job and a family and active in my church and doing it with honors and the disability of my husband when he was only 29 and becoming a working caregiver and living through the death of a child and experiencing breast cancer nine years ago and living beyond that moment and writing a book that encourages broken believers and and leading grad through a very public crisis and now leading grad into stability in a challenging but but exciting sustainability structure with that is a corporate culture Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that is part of what I call my other resume. Mm-hmm. And all of us have one. 
And so, uh, so I would say I've learned most from neither success or failure, but from those defining moments. And, and what I learned is sometimes you just have to do the hard thing. Mm. And hard things are just hard. And people can be difficult, but with God, truly, all things really are possible. What a story. I love uh, having a chance to chat with Ronnie and really unpack her story and the story of Project Grad. Hope it gives uh, just a ton of hope and inspiration to folks listening. Please share it with people. I think Ronnie's story is so incredible and uh, just so pertinent for really our times and any time. So, and please support uh, Knox Education Foundation and Project Grad. They're doing incredible work in our community and so thrilled to have Ronnie on the show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.